Charlie Wright is an investment advisor representative with PartnerVest Advisory Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. The views and opinions expressed by our guests are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views of PartnerVest Advisory Services, LLC, or Charlie Wright. PartnerVest and our guests are unaffiliated companies. No information in this discussion is intended to provide investment, tax, or legal advice to any person, nor is it an offer to sell any security. Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio and octalkradio.net where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. Contact us at info at strategicinvestorradio.com and go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. I'm Charlie Wright. Today is October 2nd, 2015, and we welcome to our show John Harrison, Executive Director and CEO of Adisa, which is the Alternative and Direct Investment Securities Association. John, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Thanks for, Thank you very much, and thanks for having me. So, John, uh, you guys have a conference coming up that we definitely want to talk about, but let's begin with, tell us about ADISA, who belongs, what it's about, and the like. ADISA is a trade association, and we represent professionals in the non-traded alternative investment space. And we do basically three things for them. We provide networking, we provide education, and we do advocacy in, in our nation's capital on behalf of this segment of investments. But I'll have to ask you, Charlie, do, do you know really what non-traded alternatives are? Do I need to explain Yes, you, you definitely need to. Those are alternative and direct investment securities association. Those are words we all understand what each word means, but put together, who are we talking about here? Okay, we are talking about uh, the issuers and originators of alternative investment products uh, and alternative investment offerings and their complete supply chain, distribution chain, how they get down to the advisor, the broker-dealer, level. All of the people involved are typically members of our association. So define for us alternative investments in, in, in this regard here. Okay, so alternatives would be, there's no clear, crisp definition for alternative investments. People use it different ways. However, most everyone would agree alternative is alternative to the stock and bond and cash market. And remember, it's call alternatives today. However, historically, we were the very first form of investment, and the stock market was the original alternative. Stock market came up you know, during the Renaissance, and way before that, there was investing all the way back to biblical times, and that was always direct investment. You want me to touch on really the difference between direct investment and and a market exchange investment? Well, well, why don't we talk about who it is that does direct investment? Are these real estate companies? Are these people who buy ETFs with particular strategies? Uh, are they mortgage companies? Who, who are these investment companies? Well, yes, <laughs> would be the answer. <laughs> what you will find is 
most everyone, from individuals, uh, high wealth, high net worth individuals, as well as uh, smart investor types, as as well as funds, will have a certain percentage uh, in, in alternatives. And the the whole reason for that is to be not correlated to the fluctuations of the stock market. Say the Yale Endowment, for instance, will have a very high percentage relatively to uh, other types of uh, endowments in alternative investments because they have a very long horizon. Uh, liquidity is not that important to a, a university endowment program, so they'll have a, a lot in, in alternatives. And the average investor can certainly have a, a percentage in alternatives as well, especially if you're looking at retirement accounts, because the investment horizon is long, and, is, and if it's qualified money, they're not interested in immediate liquidity you know, for, for their money. So it, alternatives are a way of diversifying a portfolio. Now, the types of people who do that would be all of those types I mentioned, uh, everybody along the uh, investment chain as well as uh, corporations. And by that, I mean types of larger investment funds would also use alternatives. Okay, so so John, help me understand, uh, to to make sure our our listeners understand here, we are not talking about Vanguard or other or American funds or normal mutual funds like people are going to have in their 401k plan or exchange-traded funds. We're not talking about those people typically, right? Let let me give you an analogy, Charlie. Okay. Now, and and you have to take this analogy with a grain of salt. I'm not suggesting anyone go this uh, go out and gamble like. But this this particular analogy involves, say, the horse races. If you go to the races, there's basically two ways to play. You can either go to the window, buy a ticket, bet on a horse, in which case you're playing the market, or if you have the means, or if you understand, you can actually own. A piece of the horse. I say a piece of the horse. You can own, uh, along with others, go in on a in a group and and buy the horse. Buying the horse is the direct investment, and your payoff with the horse depends on the horse's performance in the purse. If he, you know, if he finishes in the top so many, he gets a certain amount of money. Does not matter how anybody bets. However, if you're over here betting with the market, and your horse wins. Great, but if everybody else bets on your horse, you don't win much of anything. Your winnings are completely governed by the behavior of the market, behavior of the secondary exchange. Direct investing does not have a secondary exchange. So even if you're buying a mutual fund that's labeled alternative, if it's in the secondary exchange, if it's in the stock market, it's not really alternative to the stock market. It's just that it's just labeled that way. So what our group is about the non-traded space. This, these are private placements. These are non-traded REITs. These are uh, BDCs or you know business development companies. These are MLPs, oil and gas wells. These kinds of things that are sold directly and are not traded on a exchange 
like uh, like the stock market. I see. Yes, yes, that was very, very helpful. Thank you. And so that is uh, uh, the direct investment uh, aspect of that. Right. So there are about how many members of Adisa? We have about 4,500 members somewhere. Between, uh, it, it changes because our membership is not, it's a year annual membership, but it's not uh, per calendar year. So on any given day, the number fluctuates a little bit, but it's about uh, somewhere between 4,000 and 4,500. And that, again, as you mentioned, are, uh, consists of those companies who are involved in those kinds of investments, as well as those involved in the distribution channel of that. Correct. Most of the investments uh, that are direct, that are uh, alternative investments, are uh, handled through uh, independent broker-dealers or uh, other brokers in that in that fashion. So yes, that that they would be both individuals and and company members. Yeah. Okay. And how old is Adisa? We started in two thousand three, so about a dozen years old. Okay, and you guys have grown rather rapidly to 4,500 members here, so obviously well, we there, there's a need grown, for it. We've, we've grown uh, particularly rapidly in the last uh, three or four years. Uh, we were about, I see, I took over in 2012, and I think we're about uh, 1,500 members, something like that. So we've uh, almost tripled in the, in the past few years, and I think that's because uh, a couple of things. We we have a good association. We have good volunteer leadership. Our board is great, and our, our staff is good. And the product uh, has really taken off um, for a number of reasons. I think primarily people are looking for other than than just the correlated stock market. Yeah, no question about it. And that's what, uh, John, what's what we focus on in our show is uh, non-mainstream kinds of investment and investment strategies. John, we need to stop for just a minute here and take a short break. We're talking with John Harrison, Executive Director and CEO of ADISA, the Alternative and Direct Investment Securities Association, headquartered in Indianapolis. And you're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, and we'll be right back. According to the consulting firm Strategic Capital Allocation Group, every decade since 1900 has experienced at least one bear market, and several have experienced as many as three. So how do we protect our principal from these declines without missing the gains when prices rise? At Strategic Investor Radio, we interview asset managers with unique strategies designed to both protect and grow your investments. Investing is not rocket science. It's rocket fuel if you know how to harness it. For podcasts of our interviews, please visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. For today's Financial Minute on Strategic Investor Radio, we're talking with John Kosar, founder CEO of Asbury Research, an investment research firm out of Chicago. John, what do you have for us today? Today I wanted to talk about kind of an obscure market indicator, but one that is readily available on the Internet. It's the Commitments of Traders data. It's put out every week on Friday afternoons uh, by the CFTC, Commodity Futures Trading Commission. And what it does is it breaks down futures open interest to show what various investor demographics are doing. The one that we're interested in is the hedgers. 
commercial hedgers. These are typically people who own the physical commodity. They either own gold or they own copper or they own bonds or, or wheat. It doesn't really matter. But what we're looking for in these data is when these smart money guys are at a least hedged extreme. They're using futures to hedge the position that they're holding in the physical asset. So when they're a less hedged extreme, you're getting close to a price bottom. It still may be a month or two away, but right now we are seeing such potential bottoms in gold at about $1,100 an ounce and in copper at about $2.30 a pound. It's not a buying opportunity yet, but these are value areas and time to check your charts, check your prices, to look for something constructive on the charts, prices to go higher. It's, again, uh, something that is available on the internet. It's not used very frequently, but it's a very valuable tool that investors should know about. John, thank you very much. And if someone wants to learn more, how do they reach you? They can find us on the internet at asburyresearch.com and there's a phone number there or there's a brief form that they can fill out right on the website uh, indicating what kind of an investor they are and somebody will get back to them shortly. Spell Asbury. A-S-B-U-R-Y research.com. Or they can check out our weekly show on octalkradio.net. John, thank you very much. And now back to Charlie and his guest. Thank you, Paul. We're talking with John Harrison, Executive Director of CEO of ADISA, the Alternative and Direct Investment Securities Association, headquartered out of Indianapolis. So, John, uh, your ADISA annual conference is coming up October uh, 12th through 14th, I believe, in Las Vegas. Tell us about the conference. Tell us who should come and why. Well, our conference is open to those in, uh, the professionals in the alternative investment space. So that would be broker-dealers, sponsors, and uh, the lawyers and accountants who help uh, also with that group. We have about a 1,000 folks uh, that come. We typically have oh, 45 to 50 sessions. Of those sessions, probably about 20% are uh, creative, kind of um, either instructional in terms of workshops, roll up your sleeves, learn uh, about specific tax aspects of different investment products, and the others are traditional panel sessions. But now we wouldn't, you know, an investor off the street couldn't come, but they're certainly their advisor, their broker dealer, someone like that would be welcome to uh, to come. And, and of course, there'll be a, a ready group of folks there who who are involved in the uh, non-traded space. Okay, and so again, as you mentioned before, these are presenters who are talking about direct investment. So they're, they're, you're, you're, people are investing into, let's say, projects as opposed to a variable market where the value is going to rise and fall every day. They invest into a project. The value of that remains stable, but the project itself hopefully will become more valuable and profitable and the like. And so those are the, the kinds of projects and opportunities that are presented there. Is that accurate? Yeah, I, I think the classic case to take would be a, a non-traded REIT. And uh, say in anyone, most anyone with a 401k, uh, let's just take that scenario because I did this a few years ago with my own money, I would, you know, ask my financial advisor, you know, I'd like to get something in the alternative space, 
And so he was able to, you know, help me, you know, buy into a portion of a, a REIT, a non-traded REIT. And in, in that respect, um, the object of the game there is to take the income that the REIT produces. Again, the REIT obviously has to, has to distribute 90% of its uh, profit back to the owners in order to avoid uh, taxes. So you get the dividend every year, primarily a dividend and a, and a return on the actual money that the project is making. And then at the end, uh, when it's uh, done, it it has uh, a liquidity phase where it, it sells, and then you have the choice of what to do with the proceeds, basically the return of the capital. You know, that's the, the typical uh, non-traded investment works in that form. Uh, now we have other than just professionals in the in our alternative space speaking at our conferences. We'll have some celebrities too. Like this time we have Carl Rove. A couple of years ago we had Newt Gingrich. Uh, we had Terry Bradshaw last year. This year we also have Mark Spitz. Um, we have uh, some economists present. So we 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 cover the base for our for the uh, advisors and the broker dealers in the space, so that they can learn. Where where our particular segment is going, they get data. Then also they learn about particular tax treatments like 1031, like kind exchanges. We have several sessions on that. We also have sessions on uh, you know uh, oil and gas. We have uh, private placement uh, DSTs, which are you know Delaware Delaware Statutory Trust. All these things are, are highly technical, but. Uh, Generally speaking, reps and advisors, and also, uh, of course, broker dealers, understand the, these things and are and are happy to get the knowledge. Yeah, I, I'm sure they are. So it sounds like most of the attendees, not the presenters or the exhibitors, but the attendees, are involved in the distribution phase of the projects and, and companies we're talking about. Is that is that accurate? That that is accurate. I, well, when you say most. Um, I would say about 40% of the folks in in the conference are involved in the the distribution side in the in the broker dealer retail broker dealers and um, also managing broker dealers they would be about 40% of this of the space they they would represent the customers and then about 60% would be the supplier side and uh, I want to say of those 60%, probably you know, 40% are sponsors. So the sponsors and the the actual broker dealers sort of equal each other, and then there are also affiliates there, and these are you know, attorneys, and CPAs, uh, others who help uh, grease the wheel of the whole operation. So. If you looked at the analogy of a, of a, of a boy-girl party, there's pretty much a, a girl for every boy and a boy for every girl. Not that that's the actual uh, makeup of our group, but right. from in terms of cu- customers versus suppliers, they are you know, about evenly distributed, which is unique in our space. Most of the time, it's, of course, heavily involved in the suppliers, and the customers are few. I see. Okay. So, uh, John, we need to uh, take another short break here. We're talking with John Harrison, Executive Director and CEO of Adisa. And um, 
the, the Alternative and Direct Investment Securities Association. And you're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net. And we'll again be right back. For today's Financial Minute on Strategic Investor Radio, we're talking with David Garrett, owner of TimerTrack.com. Dave, what do you have for us today? Well, I want to remind investors that the same principles that apply to regular investing also apply to market timing. For example, diversify. Market timing focuses on when to be in and out of the markets, so you want multiple market timers in there. They're not going to be right all the time. Use more than one. You know, in our business, we use at least four or five with any portfolio. Another thing is don't use leverage with market timing unless you really know what you're getting into. Market timing is like anything else. If you put it on a leveraged asset, it's going to go like crazy. And remember that the anti-market timers like to use the quote, time, not timing. I've modified that. I call it timing takes time. And just like any investing, you want to take your time in going forward with any strategy or multiple sets of strategies. That sounds great. And if somebody wants to learn more, how do they reach you? They can reach us simply by going onto the Internet, TimerTrack, T-I-M-E-R-T-R-A-C, TimerTrack.com. Or they can check out our weekly show on octalkradio.net. Dave, thanks so much. You bet. Thanks, Charlie. Bye-bye. And now back to Charlie as we wrap up this interview. Thank you, Paul. Again, we're talking with John Harrison, Executive Director and CEO of ADISA. So, John, talking again about your uh, your national conference coming up in uh, about 10 days. For an advisor or for, for someone involved in the supply chain of these direct investment uh, securities operations, what are they going to miss if they don't make it to the conference? I think they would miss a couple things. Uh, one, there's some new regulations coming out uh, that are proposed by FINRA. One is, will take effect next year. We have several sessions on how to cope with that. It is called 1502, which is how to evaluate uh, illiquid investments. The other is they will find out where things are going advocacy-wise. There's a whole new uh, push by the Department of Labor to, and you probably know all about this, but to redefine uh, who's a fiduciary. And that would be crucial for anybody in the distribution chain for investment product to understand. Uh, We'll have several uh, updates on that and on the efforts that we're, we're fighting. I, I would say some other interesting things, uh, the 1031s, uh, how to do a like-kind exchange. Uh, we have uh, ideas on that. And we have some boot camp sessions for those who are new to the alternative space, what it's all about, what kind of products are there, uh, all generic. You know, we don't allow commercial presentations in the technical program. The actual exhibit has plenty of tables and booths, uh, where different uh, sponsors, different issuers of of various uh, alternative offerings have a chance to explain their particular uh, product. So we do separate pretty much the commercial side, the display side, if you will, versus the more educational side, which which are sessions. Uh, So I think what they would be missing is really the annual check-in to find out who's who in the alternative space and to see what's new in the alternative space plan for the upcoming year. 
Okay, and John, uh, offhand, do you know about how many exhibitors you'll have? We don't. Uh, uh, I think we have a little north of seventy, something like that, right now. Okay, and I always find that to be a great resource. Whatever I'm looking for, looking at, these are people who are, uh, you know, in the belly of the beast of whatever uh, whatever issue I'm looking at. And these people can be a tremendous resource, uh, either for their company or just a general knowledge about whatever there's they're working with. And they're very typically open and accommodating and helpful and handing a card and happy to respond to an email and the like. So um, I find that to be a tremendous uh, advantage in attending th- these kind of conferences here. Yeah, so, and, and if you don't like the... The story you get from one person, you can go a couple booths down and uh, sample and see what information you get from the next. Exactly, exactly. And uh, often you're talking to the CEO of a company that's there. And uh, so uh, lots of opportunity there. So, John, how can people find out more about the conference? I think the easiest thing to do is to go to our website, www.adisa.org, because we are a nonprofit uh, trade association. And uh, there, there is a vast array of information on alternatives as well as the particular events, the complete schedule, the agenda, who's speaking when, the whole thing is, is all online. Okay, that's great. So, John, uh, final words uh, from you about ADISA and specifically about the conference uh, before we shove off here. We are excited. We are particularly excited about alternative investments and the non-traded space and what that means to both the high net worth individual and the uh, medium average net worth uh, to help them get more for their money in the long run. Very good. John, thank you very much. We appreciate your words and your time today and offer our best wishes for a productive conference for you and all of the attendees, etc. like to remind you that we will be there uh, broadcasting from the conference, and we are definitely uh, looking forward to it. So, John, thank you very much for for joining us today. We've been talking thank you with so much, Charlie. Okay, we've been talking with John Harrison, Executive Director and CEO of Adisa, the Alternative and Direct Investment Securities Association, headquartered in Indianapolis. And you've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. Don't hesitate to contact us at info at strategicinvestorradio.com and go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. This is Charlie Wright wishing you an enjoyable week and productive investing. You've been listening to The Strategic Investor, your source for compelling investment strategies from some of the most productive asset managers in the industry. For unique investment strategies, visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. Investing is not rocket science. Wright is an investment advisor representative with PartnerVest Advisory Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. The views and opinions expressed by our guests are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views of PartnerVest Advisory Services, LLC, or Charlie Wright. PartnerVest and our guests are unaffiliated companies.
No information in this discussion is intended to provide investment, tax, or legal advice to any person, nor is it an offer to sell any security.